The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Excited today to break down the Franchise 5 for the NFC. Uh, in case you don't know what the Franchise 5 is, and why would you? You can go to cbssports.com and check it out. It's a little off-season project. Yeah, some people trot out Mount Rushmore. No, 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 no. We're creative up in here, and we have the Franchise 5. Uh, it features one coach, one quarterback, and for you math majors, three position players from a particular franchise. So, yes, that means that when you're, list- when you're listing the greatest players on a team and you can't have Bart Starr, Aaron Rodgers, and Brett Favre, you have to pick one, one quarterback. That's the rules. One quarterback. Um, this week on the podcast. We have fired up a series where all it's off season. You got to come up with catchy names. Uh, fortunately, Debo, as you know, our wonderful producer, uh, very good at catchy names, came up with the all 32. See, all 22 is the coach's film. We're doing the all 32 and we're looking, uh, at every single NFL team, two shows per day. That's right. You're going to get two shows per day for the month of June. Interesting conversation with conversations with people from around the NFL, uh, Tuesday through Friday, every week over the next month or so until we cover every single NFL team, basically, you know, two divisions per week or something like that. Uh, mailbag Mondays will continue. So will super friends chats like this one. We'll talk to them in just a second, but we're trying to bring tons of content your way. Chatting with Jane Slater of NFL media about the Cowboys and Adam Beasley of the Miami Herald, a multi-time guest in this podcast, uh, about the Dolphins. So those are our most recent ones. So make sure to check those out in your feed tomorrow. And uh, while you're doing that, reminder, we are available on all your smart speakers. Tell your device like, Alexa! Hopefully you didn't have your speaker on there because I just activated your Alexa. Or, hey, Google, to play the Pick 6 NFL podcast and you will hear us. Okay, time to talk some Franchise 5 NFC. To do so, the NFL Super Friends joining me as they do probably far too often for their own liking. Ryan Wilson, John Breach, and Sean Wagner McGuff. Hi, guys. Hi, Will. Welcome to your podcast. Thank you for having us. Yes. Uh, honored to be here. It truly, wow, high energy show. Okay, good. Brenton, who would be on the franchise five of our podcast? Well, there's only four of us, so the four of us. Oh, you just, yeah, what a slight to Debo. He's literally on the call listening, and you're not even Debo's. Debo's the coach for sure. Yeah. Brenton has My to be the goodness. quarterback because he's the host. 
And then we're the three position players. So that was a very easy question. I feel like Sean is the left guard of the water bottle. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that was terrible. Uh, I think we're talking about the Buccaneers, but I think if we're talking about quarterbacks, I think Brinson would have to be Jameis Winston because he throws 30 touchdowns, but he also throws 30 picks. I have, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. But I don't know if Jameis is going to be on your on your. I could, be a, I could be a Jay Cutler, too. Oh, I like that because you, you would you would actually play football while smoking a cigarette. Surly frat bro who you wouldn't be surprised to find out Chief Sigs and, like, like flicks people off in urinals. Yeah. Flicks where, strangers where? off like, F you, bro. Don't and, care. And walks a little dog while doing it. Yeah, no, that's – Actually, that's, that – I, I might be Jay Cutler. Wildly underappreciated by many – uh, revered, be, revered by Sean. <laughs> if you're going to be Jay Cutler, just please don't post any pictures of your naked butt on vacation this summer, like Jay Cutler did. We or don't at home, anywhere. Yeah, just, no, no one needs that. Speaking of vacation, John Breach will be gone. Paternity leave. Um, we'll miss you, Breach. I'm sorry. I think guys. I'm going to be gone too at the same time. No, I did the week before so that Debo didn't have to uh, try and mesh. Have Sean and Ryan host the podcast for the entire week. That was the unmitigated disaster. Why? I'm just kidding. You guys would do good. Because it'd, be I don't even... it'd be Sean <laughs> talking for 45 minutes. There was a time last year, Breach and I did a solo pod after like a Thursday night game. We did one podcast, though. This would be a whole week. <laughs> Is that the one where I was at a concert? Yes. A week after I sold my concert tickets because we had a podcast. That sounds right. about You were trying to be a team player, and I was like, listen, I'm not missing Luna. Um Okay, so let's uh, let's dive in. Franchise five again. The concept: one quarterback, one coach, three other players. All have to be non-quarterback or non-coaches. These articles are up on CBSSports.com. For some reason, uh, we are doing a division a day. Uh, there, you know, got to cram this stuff in before the before the season gets here in three months. Uh, NFC East Monday, NFC North Tuesday, NFC South Wednesday, NFC West Thursday. You you really have to imagine. That, uh, that, like, you know, like, you know, these bottom tier teams, which are people are going to be soaking up that content with the, uh, I'm trying to think, like, what's the, like the Lions. Oh, baby. Lions franchise five on Tuesday. There is somebody who's just pawing at the dirt, waiting to see who the, who the Lions are picked. They don't care about the Vikings, Bears, or Packers, those terrible short lived franchise. They want to know about the Lions. I should probably stop crapping on this. You're going to get some hate mail from Detroit, man. First, you just don't go to Detroit on vacation this summer. Uh, and so we'll give a teaser for the NFC, uh, and their most interesting, some of the most interesting franchise fives out there. Uh, I'm sure that Pete Prisco has already called somebody at the office and complained that we're thinking about doing a teaser. They, they looked at my list early and didn't ask me. I'm a tiny tan baby. My goodness. That's how hey, Pete. Pete is this quarantine has brought the worst. I mean, as someone who lives with a baby, I'll say that was a pretty accurate baby cry. Thank you. Good job, Brenton. Um, Future is a baby voiceover person. So we each picked one for most interesting. We'll go over four of them. Um, I we won't reveal the rest of them. You have to check on the website and or in the video, the accompanying video. Uh, I'm sure all of those things will explain in great detail exactly. Uh, very clearly and concisely who the five people we picked were. Uh, but for my most interesting one, I am taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm not really sure. Well, I, so I, I did the video on the Buccaneers and I had to pick for whatever reason, there's a different group on the, 
article and then on my video. Like I had to pick five entirely different players for the Buccaneers. And here's why I think it's the most interesting team that I want to talk about in the NFC because I picked Tom Brady as the quarterback for the Buccaneers. That's right. Hadn't played a snap. My, I mean, you know, assuming we get to play football, he might not ever play a snap and I don't care. It's the most interesting thing to happen to this team ever at the quarterback position. Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl. Jameis Winston threw th- went 30 for 30. And Tom Brady's still the most fascinating quarterback for the Buccaneers. So I'm putting him as my quarterback in the franchise five. Uh, in addition, obviously, uh, John Gruden is the coach. And then I think I went with uh, Derek Brooks, Rondé Barber, and Warren Sapp, although whoever did it for the website had Brad Johnson, Derek Brooks, Leroy Selman, and Warren Sapp. I don't agree with your Brady suggestion or pick, which I'm sure we'll get into, but I do want to commend you for putting Rondé Barber because that was going to be my snub when we're going over the five that's on the website. I I don't understand how Rondé Barber wouldn't be. If you're putting Derek Brooks as Warren Sapp, I think he's in that exact same echelon of players. So using the Tom Brady logic, shouldn't Gronk be on this list too? He's a Hall of Famer. Ooh, good, good, Wilson. Put Brits on the spot. That's a great question, Ryan. And in fact, you just made my point even better. The only reason the Bucks got Gronk is because Brady signed up and played for him. He altered everything. He made Tampa Bay interesting. He's got people following the Buccaneers. Jersey sales are through the roof. Gronk joined him. Everybody and their brother wants to get on the Tampa Bay bandwagon. They renamed the city for him. Do you think they didn't call it? You know what? I'm not going to try and shoehorn a Johnson joke in there because they didn't call it Johnson City. Uh, he did. Johnson, Johnson, Johnson City is in. There's a Johnson City in Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Here's here here's my problem with this though. You're acting like the Bucks have never done anything before Tom Brady arrived. And to be clear, they haven't done anything with Tom Brady yet. They won a Super Bowl with a quarterback not named Tom Brady. How is that not your quarterback? I understand because Greg Johnson's not that great of a player. I'm not. Look, I understand that, but it, it, it's slim pickings when you look at all the quarterbacks who have actually played Steve for the Young. Buccaneers. But at least one of them went and won a Super Bowl. Yeah, they won a Super Bowl because the defense I am aware. was incredible. And you'll notice that I have three players from that defense. I am not rewarding Brad Johnson for being Darko Milicek. I'm not doing it. He Jeez, just yeah. showed up, smoked and smoked a hey, You know, Brenton, if you there. wanted to be thinking outside the box, you should have just not had a quarterback on the list. Because, look, Sean here is suggesting that Rondé Barber should be there with Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp, which means Sean is advocating for taking a pro football Hall of Famer, Leroy Selman, Mm. off the list. That is a true millennial, Sean. You're just dumping a pro football Hall of Famer and putting Barber on? So I think you dump Brad Johnson. You dump the quarterback position total. Keep Rondé Barber. Keep Leroy Selman. The Buccaneers don't have a great quarterback in franchise history. That's fine. There is no one deserving. And the thing is, if you use the Brady logic, Doug Williams also won a Super Bowl, not with the Bucks, but he played for the Bucks. Steve Young won a Super Bowl, not with the Bucks, but he played for the Bucks. So there's other quarterbacks to consider. I think you just scrap the quarterback position from the Buccaneers list. Well, if you're arguing that Steve Young should get the Bucks nod after going three and sixteen with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, then I think you only so again solidify my Brady endorsement. Brady, that's say that, but you three you don't more have... wins than he, than Brady has with the Buccaneers, and he, you still haven't explained why Gronk isn't on your list. Because Gronk's not as great a player as the other three Hall of Famers I listed. Is Ronnie Barber in the Hall of Fame? Ronnie, oh my gosh. Oh, excuse me, Ryan, Mr. Mr. Historical Knowledge, who knows oh, everything. What's his you. name? That Leroy. guy from Kentucky who plays for <laughs> the Texans now? Leroy Selman is in the Hall of Fame. He is not on your list. Rondé Barber is on your list and is not in the Hall of Fame. Gronkowski will be in the Hall of Fame. 
He's not on your list, even though Tom Brady's on your list. Neither of whom have played for the Bucs. The Gronk thing isn't a great point. I mean, Gronk is only there because of Brady. That has nothing to do with your list. Your list is for the I'm saying that Brady has made Brady has made more of an impact for the Buccaneers without taking a snap than any other quarterback in franchise history. Well, that's that's crazy, but okay. <laughs> Who, who's made more of an impact? Brad Johnson. <laughs> he, he, Jeff Garcia has made more of an impact for the Buccaneers than Tom. Uh, Mike Glennon, your boy. Uh, oh, I should have gone with Glennon, actually. That would have been awesome. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Um. I mean, I, I, I get it. I mean, the, the Tom Brady thing is outside the box. But, like, th- I mean, to Breach's point, they probably don't deserve a quarterback. Well, you, that's, well that's the format. That's, Take it up with the format. I, I have – I feel like I've I think rather vociferously expressed my, my disdain for the format. <laughs> By putting Brady on the list. I sort of uh, – yeah, I sort of am taking it up with the format. Like, that's the problem with the format is the Packers – you can't have Aaron Starr or Bart Aaron Starr, Bart Starr and Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre on on the list, but you have well, to have a quarterback for the Bucks. We had the, the, I wrote for the Steelers. We had multiple. Me and Brian Diardo did. We had multiple. I mean, yeah, the Steelers are easy. No, to to have multiple quarterbacks. I said we we did that on our written list for CBSSports.com, which comes out next week. You but you know. did. Yeah, that's, we just talked about that before we started the podcast. Wait, 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 wait what? You have multiple quarterbacks. On our written list, me and Brian Diardo did. We talked about this. You can have one quarterback according to the instructions, which Breach was laying out to us, and then the instructions weren't clear about the three players on the roster. So we had our one quarterback, and then one of the three other players we also had as a quarterback. So just to be clear, it says pick one quarterback, pick one coach, and then pick three other non three other players, and you were like, let's pick a quarterback, and then pick another quarterback. Because to your point, you can't do the Steelers – you can't talk about the Steelers, the greatness of the franchise, without mentioning both Big Ben Roethlisberger and, of course, um, no, 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 Bubby Brister and Mason Rudolph. I was that was a joke. I was gonna make. Good job, by you. Uh, and, and of course, Terry Bradshaw. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm with you. I don't, I don't like. Again, if you're gonna do two quarterbacks, so but I, I had to pick a quarterback. I could not pick a quarterback. Right. No, I understand. You went, you went with Tom Brady. You went for a guy who's never played quarterback for the team, so. So what happens if, God forbid, Tom Brady has a toe infection and can't play for the rest of his career? What do you are you going to come back and change this and, and issue, issue a, an apology or? Sure, I will issue a formal. That's all I wanted. I will you, you issue, have to a, issue it to Dick Vitale and Nick Carter, the Backstreet Boys, on Twitter as the two most notable Buccaneers fans that I can think of off the top of my head right now. Here are a list of quarterbacks with a higher approximate value while playing for the Buccaneers. Then Brad Johnson, Jameis Winston, Doug Williams, Trent Dilfer, Vinny Testaverde, Josh Freeman. Josh Freeman could have been the guy. Should have put Josh Freeman. Would you, I mean, w- would Josh Freeman be more ridiculous than Tom Brady? Yeah. I will say Brad Johnson yeah. real quick. Brad Johnson had a game, one game. And 2002, <laughs> I'm not on the Brad Johnson bandwagon. I'm trying to make the art. Sean is on the Brad Johnson bandwagon. He had one game where he threw five touchdowns, zero interceptions uh, in 2002. If the Buccaneers don't win that game, they go 11-5. They have to play the wild card round. Maybe they don't win the Super Bowl. So the fact that he came up big is that he actually had uh, two or three big games. If he doesn't come through with those games, they end up in the wild card round. Maybe they don't win the Super Bowl. So Here, Here's what Brad Johnson averaged over the course of four seasons with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All And by the way, real quick, all of these numbers are going to be better than Tom Brady's. Sure. 
2,735 passing yards per game, 16 touchdowns or per season, excuse me, uh, 16 touchdowns per season and 10 interceptions per season, 6.5 yards per attempt, quarterback rating of 83.2. I posit that at the end of the 2020 season, that Tom Brady will own the single greatest season by any Buccaneers quarterback in franchise history. And when that happens, I want a three-headed written apology. Issue. No, no. If we were doing this list a year from now, yes, put Tom Brady on that list. We're not doing it yet. Well, did you think it's going to disappear from the Internet in ten minutes? No, I'm saying you can't give him credit for doing something he hasn't done yet. Why? Because we're looking at the history of the Tampa Bay He's Buccaneers. He's already affected the Buccaneers through jersey sales. Through much, many more things, through bringing uh, Gronk there. You're right. I didn't va- factor that into when factor I was thinking about jersey sales. Jersey sales. <laughs> All right. Well, but, uh, seriously. So how much, how much do titles go into your, uh, like Ryan's going to skate on doing two. No, I mean, and look, and I'm going to skate I'm, on doing two quarterbacks for the Steelers, I, which is a real slap in the face to the process and the integrity of this exercise. I actually, <laughs> I mean, Look, I like Breach's idea of like not putting a quarterback because I mean that's how I, I'm not out here saying Brad Johnson was secretly great, but in defense of Brad Johnson in that Super Bowl year, he was pretty good. Now, yes, he had to play the game manager role, and that's a lot easier to play that style of quarterback. But 22 touchdowns, six interceptions in the regular season, like that, he wasn't like I'm trying to think who's the worst quarterback to go to a Super Bowl. He's he's not in Trent that. Dilford. Dilford, the other guy on this list. <laughs> And That's all I'm saying. I think a year from now, yes, I think you have to put Tom Brady a year from now. Okay, well then, I, if you think Tom Brady is going to be it a year from now, then I am perfectly comfortable having him here now because I like to build a little projection into it. Let me ask you this: so, in all seriousness, um, I mean, I'm being serious arguing about this, but like, in all seriousness, how important are titles to who you're picking? So, like, you got like you're doing your list. I mean, titles are obviously important in the NFL, but like, here's a good example. I don't want to give away the Eagles. Cause I did the Eagles as well for HQ, but I think it's an important distinction. Like I did think about putting Nick Foles in there. Well, I mean, Nick Foles is clearly not the greatest Eagles quarterback of all time. I mean, like I think Ron Jaworski and Donovan McNabb, who I ended up going with, um, would have a, you know, or like Andy Reid versus Doug Peterson. Like Andy Reid's the, in my mind, the best Eagles coach of all time, but Doug Peterson's got that Super Bowl and Foles has that Super Bowl. So like Foles to me is a very comparable situation to the Brad Johnson thing. I don't think I would put Nick Foles there, but I think the Doug Peterson one is more interesting because Foles didn't even play the whole season. You know, like it, it, it was almost a stroke of luck. But, everything but Foles that had eight. good. Foles had a good full season with the Eagles. Prior but to being traded for I, I do think the Doug Peterson thing it would be a more compelling. If five years from now the Eagles go to the playoffs four more times, one more Super Bowl, but don't win, so now he's got two Super Bowls. Uh, Wait a one second, win. what are you talking about? Well, well, you, you, you'll give me one year of Brady, but you'll give like five no, years of Super Bowl? No, I'm saying I could Peterson? see an eventual argument for Doug Peterson, but the answer no, what is about right, right now. now? Are not, you, yeah, right now it's not Foles and it's not Peterson. Okay, thank you. Yes, that's what you got to leave with that before you start talking yeah. about 25 yeah, years. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's the name of the game on this podcast. Load up the Dickie V music. <laughs> the way that was headed. Um, okay, so I mean, but like, th- like those matter. Like I think – and again, you know, that would, that's why you want to have everybody on the same page when you're, you're making these selections. That way everybody sort of has similar criteria. Uh, or, go with, uh, Doug Peterson or Andy Reid. Don't, don't give anything away. People have to watch and find out. I went with Andy Reid, but, um, <laughs> don't bother watching. Uh, I'm just kidding. Oh, you watch you, you, what's that? On the written list is different. Sorry. 
Who's on the, oh. on the website is different. It will be different. Oh, uh, oh, that's right. On the uh, the website, um, don't I don't hey, let people. Well, uh, who, it's a, who cares? Now I want to know. It's uh, see if you can guess who it is, Sean. Oh my gosh, Sean! We'll give you four million guesses. I know. I I, I think it'd be the I for Eagles coach. Yes, and it's not Andy Reid. It's not Andy Reid. It's not Doug Peterson. His name what? rhymes with his name rhymes with Kip Chelly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who made the Eagles list, by the way? Devo's like, please don't read these. And it's like immediately. Just well, read, read, we read. have uh, two Eagles. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if it's Cody Benjamin or, or I think Jeff they worked Burr. on it together. Okay. Like me and Brian DiArta did the Steelers. Uh, all right, Sean, you at least throw out one one name. Is it Greasy Neal? It is Greasy Neal. Oh, he had to look that up. Yeah, I went to the Eagles coaches. I mean, like, I, I, I can't imagine not picking Andy Reid. I mean, Greasy Neal is like, like didn't play with a face mask. <laughs> like, they didn't play with helmets when Greasy Neal played. I'm not going to pretend to know who Greasy Neal is. I didn't know who he was until <laughs> Debo knew who he was. He had uh, so he won the title in uh, 1948 and 1949. Uh, he actually was. Uh, let's see. He finished 63, 43, and five with two NFL championships. Nearly had three NFL championships in a row. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame. And prior to taking over the Eagles in 1941, I believe he was, maybe he was in, was he in the, um, what did he do for those eight years when he wasn't coaching? Was he in like the Army? And fun fact, he is the exact same winning percentage as Doug Peterson. That is a fun fact. Another fun fact, he was the coach of the Steagles when they combined the Steelers and the Eagles in 1943. Thank you. So if we do if we do their franchise five, he's definitely on the list. So so is that who you had, Ryan? You had Big Ben, Terry Bradshaw, and Greasy Neal for the Steelers. No, we didn't do Steagles. We just did Steelers. <laughs> oh, we should do a. We should do. It's like, oh, I, am I on here to talk about the Eagles? I thought I was talking about the Steagles. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe they actually named them the Steagles? Yeah, they combined <laughs> them during the war. They had. I mean, they were short on manpower. <laughs> I don't know. Why did they call them like the fighting Philly Philadelphians or something? I guess you like could that. call them the Steagles. How about the Eelers? <laughs> I don't like Eelers. The Steagles. Yeah. Ooh, the Steagles was never. The league, I didn't know this. The league's official record book refers to the team as Phil Pitt combined. Nice. Yeah. See, nobody, but the unofficial Steagles, despite never being registered by the NFL, has become the moniker. And by the way, that doesn't quite roll off the tongue like Steagles. <laughs> Pitt, Phil, Phil combined. Pitt combined. <laughs> I, would, I would like that. I would like to note that the Eagles official website refers to them as the Steagles. So that they're just ignoring the NFL fact and book. They're just like, it's the Steagles, guys. Um, Ooh, I like the logo. You can always count on this podcast for a solid Steagles tangent. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, the Eagles. Um, Who are the five best players on the Steagles? I, I, <laughs> I, don't, got, I, don't, uh, I don't. I don't. Looks the, like I think Jack Hinkle, five hundred seventy-one yards, three touchdowns, solid season. Nineteen forty-three. <laughs> Is he a running back or a quarterback? <laughs> He's a running back. <laughs> it could be a quarterback back then, for all we know. It's a uh, Roy Zimmerman. Had nine touchdowns and 17 interceptions. Oh. Roy, Mr. Trubisky Zimmerman? <laughs> I think that's Trubisky's dad, actually. Interesting. Right. So I didn't know, I didn't know this. If you look up the, uh, Eagles, you know, like pro football reference, if you type in the search page, Eagle, you just type in Eagles. 
Philadelphia Pittsburgh Eagles slash Steelers pops up as like the number one option in the drop down. I think that happens takes, with like but, Cardinals too. But then it takes you to the you can either take it can either take you to the Eagles page or the Steelers page. It's just a very what a bizarre thing. Yeah, I don't know if any other teams combined during the war, but uh, I don't know where they played either. I don't know if they played in the middle of the state or they played in one end or the other. Tony Bova, uh, a, a pass rusher for that team, uh, led led them with 419 receiving yards. <laughs> Next up, Larry Cabrelli, a uh, another pass rusher, uh, had uh, was second on the team with 199 receiving yards on 12 catches. Football in 1943, baby. Okay, let's move along. That was fun. I mean, getting from the Buccaneers to the Steagles took a lot of legwork. I'm impressed with us, guys. We're pretty good at this. The 49ers, Wilson, are your most interesting team. Yeah, so this is pretty easy, I think, for the for a lot of these guys. Bill Walsh is where it starts. Uh, one of the best coaches ever. West Coast offense. Joe Montana. I think it was a fourth-round pick out of uh, Notre Dame. One of the best quarterbacks ever. What did, what, did he, what, did, what did Wilson blast me for not knowing a few minutes ago? Not knowing someone's name. I didn't know what round Joe Montana was drafted in the midst of. Third that. round, third round, Ryan. Thank you. I missed it by one. Shame round. on you. Shame on. How dare me? <laughs> Jerry Rice. I guess he's not the historical junior historical draft analyst. No, that's, right. that's not my title. Read the business card. Also, you like you meet like you're really good. I don't I don't know if you're really good or really bad about it, but like the second a draft class is done, you're like, what was the guy taking in the third oh. round out of pit? Like, ah, who the hell knows? Yeah, no, that's right. That guy's out of here. I do a, it's your problem now, boys. I do a brain dump and move on. Uh, Jerry Rice. You could, if, there. You could, if you could clip that, that would be great, Debo. Do a brain dump and move on. <laughs> Where's the Lysol? Uh, <laughs> Jerry Rice, uh, Ronnie Lott is, is an obvious choice on, on defense. And then you could argue perhaps Dwight Clark is the final pick here. I don't know who wrote uh, the 49ers. I don't know if we have that in front of us. But um, I'm just commenting on, on it for CBSSports.com. So I, I have no problems with this list. Dwight Clark obviously made that catch in the back of the end zone. NFC Championship game over Everson Walls against the Cowboys. I actually watched that game. That's how I am on a black and white television when I was four or five or six. It was 82. Actually, oh, gosh, I was like eight or nine. Um, but here's the thing with Dwight Clark, who is not in the Hall of Fame, um, who is from North Carolina, by the way. I didn't know this, so I just looked it up. He's from Charlotte, Brinson. Uh, went to Clemson. Um, he had a good career, but if you're talking about potential guys who could be that number five guy, um, and maybe the, the person who wrote the 49ers, didn't do the two quarterbacks thing like like me and Brian Diardo did for the Steelers. So Steve Young would be an obvious choice there. Just didn't didn't flaunt the rules and go with two quarterbacks. Well, as Breach pointed out in the initial email, there were no stipulations that you couldn't do that. So thank that's, you. That's why I went off. I got your back, Ryan. Thank you. And if you don't want to do two quarterbacks, I would even argue that maybe T.O. deserves uh, uh, some Good. mention there. I mean, clearly he played everywhere by the time his career is over, but he dominated just about everywhere he went. Um. I don't know, Debo. Do you think he played his best in Philly? Yeah, I think that one season was the best. But he had good years in Dallas. He had like a decent year in Buffalo. But I think, what do you recognize T.O. as a, a Niner, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's when he took the the Sharpie out of his pocket. That was with Sam. Yeah, his best year was definitely not in Philly. I well, mean, he sticks out with that bad ankle when he just started dominating people in the Super Bowl. He had. So, I mean, he led the league in touchdowns three times: twice with the 49ers and once with Dallas. 
How about through those? Because he was out the final couple games that year in Philly. He played 13. I'd be interested per game comparison. Okay. Um, Yeah, because Roy Williams did the horse collar tackle on it, tried to break both his legs, came back in the Super Bowl on one leg and went off even though. Yeah, I mean, his per 16 games, if you take his like per 16 game average, if you take his two seasons in Philadelphia, he would have averaged 1,500 receiving yards. Oh, He was, yeah, he was, and he, and he had 1,200 in his first year. He had 763 receiving yards in seven games with Philly before getting hurt and then coming back and. So I understand why you put Dwight Clark in there. He helped the 49ers get to the Super Bowl. And Tyler Sullivan, uh, friend of the podcast did this. Oh, Tyler did. Okay. Tyler's, um, he's a Patriots guy, but he knows football, obviously. And also, Breach, you probably don't like Dwight Clark because him catching that touchdown put the 49ers in the Super Bowl against Ken Anderson and Jim Breach. It did. If he doesn't catch that, we get a Cowboys-Bengals Super Bowl, which the Bengals obviously win because the Cowboys are horrible, uh, and that rewrites NFL history. But, no, I think this is a solid list. I feel like Dwight Clark is definitely the sentimental pick there. You, you know, you could point to stats and say, hey, maybe this guy should be in there. The 49ers have a couple a couple Hall of Famers, Y.A. Tittle, um, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. So there are a couple guys that you would probably say, hey, look, they had an overall better career. But I think Dwight Clark was good enough. And if you have that iconic moment, you know, we were talking about Nick Foles and Peterson earlier with the Super Bowl win. If you have the Super Bowl win or the iconic moment on top of a a good to great career, I think that's good enough to get you on the list. So I have no problem with Dwight Clark here. Did uh, you consider – any of Patrick Willis, Joe Staley, or Frank Gore? No, I, and I think if I'm ranking those guys, I think it would go Joe Staley. Probably Patrick Willis than Frank Gore, even though Frank Gore's still playing at the age of, I think he's 36 now. Um, Patrick Willis needed to have played longer. Uh, I'm sure, I mean, his body wouldn't allow him to. That's why he didn't, so I'm not blaming him for that. But he was dominant when he played. I think Joe Staley has a good case, but I'm not putting Joe Staley in over, over – um, uh, Steve Young, if we're doing quarterbacks, and over T.O., if we're not. I think that's where the conversation starts. And I think Breach is right. The, the Dwight Clark one is a sentimental one, but it's also sort of the start of the dynasty under Bill Walsh and Joe Montana when he caught that pass in the back. Well, it's also like the catch. Like yeah. he, he made a play called the catch. That's how famous it is. And everybody knows what you're talking about. Yes, he uh, – And he Tom Brady was there. Tom Brady was there. And um, he does have a uh, some sort of uh, plaque or uh, something in the North Carolina sports – Hall of Fame here in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Did you know he was from North Carolina before just now? Yeah, because they did a press release um, when he announced that he had Alzheimer's. Did he have Alzheimer's? I think so, yeah. yeah. From Charlotte. Uh, Kinston. Oh, he went to high school in Charlotte, so maybe he moved. I, I was looking at Hey, town, baby. Hey, Up on the hill in Kinston. Um, great stack house. Let me ask you this. I think another franchise, maybe this would be more applicable, but did you consider Colin Kaepernick? No, and um, I, not for the on-field stuff, obviously. Good Lord, if you, can you imagine if I if, if I wrote this and put Colin Kaepernick as the quarterback <laughs> and just the Colin Kaepernick and nothing else? That 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 would have nothing else generated. Last no track. explanation, just right, just Colin Kaepernick. Or take, or what if you wrote like Kaepernick's off-field influence wields greater, uh, or like is like more important than Joe Montana's on-field influence? I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> you, you can make it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. May I introduce you to your mentions? <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's actually an interesting question. Putting him on there, and yeah. you have to explain why. Obviously, or you, maybe you don't. Uh, remember, mean, well, we were having that discussion about who like the most recognizable NFL player was a couple weeks yeah. ago, and I said I think Kaepernick would be it. It's certainly a, now more than a couple weeks ago. Hey, look, I mean, like I'm not. I do not want this to turn into a Colin Kaepernick conversation, 
Um, although I would certainly say that, uh, you know, we could be nice to each other. That would be a good start. Um, Kaepernick was awesome for like a hot stretch. I mean, he went yeah. to, you know, he went to the, uh, the Super Bowl and <laughs> nearly won the Super Bowl if he hits Michael Crabtree. Uh, if, you know, Richard Sherman doesn't defend, I mean, like that for the 49ers under Jim Harbaugh could have won multiple Super Bowls fairly easily. Yeah, that's right. No, I think Harbaugh and Kaepernick together worked out really well. Um, before that, who was the coach? Tom Sula was the coach. They had a whole stretch of guys that just couldn't seem to figure it out. Was Chip Kelly the coach before or after Harbaugh? That was after. after. Yeah, it was after. After, after, after Tom Sula. Well, Tom yeah. Sula was, was once on... the winningest coach in 49ers history. That's right. Tom, uh, 1,000. Tom, uh, Tom Sula was on Harbaugh's staff as the DL coach. And so when Harbaugh was fired, they promoted Tom Sula. Oh, yeah. and, and that's why Fangio left because Fangio was mad that he got passed over for gotcha. the yeah. defensive line coach. So I Mike, think Mike Singletary and, and, uh, and Mike Nolan. Oh, my God. Yikes. Remember, Mike, talk about like, see, I, we, this is what we should have done instead of a franchise five is like found like the most bloggable moments from like pre Twitter. Like, can you imagine what Twitter would be like if it, when Mike Singletary pulled down his pants at a press conference? Can't have it. <laughs> we yelling about uh, Vernon Davis. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it would have been incredible. But did, did he pull down his pants? Am I forgetting this? It was something like that. He, he was said something. He Vernon kicked Davis. Vernon Davis off the sideline at like halftime or something. And then his press conference no, no, started no, no. You, to you yell about no losers. Go right ahead. Ask the question. Vernon, Vernon just, uh, it was something that I told everybody at the very beginning of the week. I will not tolerate, um, players that think it's about them when it's about the team. And, um, we cannot make we cannot make decisions that cost the team and then come off the sideline and it's nonchalant. No. You know what? I, I, this is how I believe, okay? I'm from the old school. I believe this. I would rather play with 10 people and just get penalized all the way until we got to do something else rather than play with 11 when I know that right now that person is not sold out to be a part of this team. It is more about them that it is about the team. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. I want winners. I want people that want to win. No, no, no. You, you don't want me to go. <laughs> Sorry, I was playing again. By the way, um, I don't think you actually get penalized for having 10 men on the field. Couldn't you just play with 10? Yeah, yeah. if you wanted to. So. That happens, that happens sometimes. They'll show like a touchdown and they'll be like, oh wait, the defense only had 10 guys on the field. Yeah, but that sort of sums up Mike Singletary's coaching career pretty well. It's like, you know. By the way, before you mentioned Kaepernick, I thought you were going to mention, um, uh, Seifert as a possible. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that you could go Seifert over Walsh. Not over, but as another, if we're doing like the sort of blurring the rules of who's on the list. Um, I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. Like, I think like, you're like, okay, Walsh is the obvious answer. And then you're like, does Seifert deserve any consideration? And you have the discussion. But it's sort of like Joe Montana and Steve Young. You're like, Montana's the guy. Should I consider Steve Young? And they're like, no. Uh, if you were doing a Rushmore, I don't even know that Seifert would make it because it would be Walsh, Rice. Montana, Young, Rice. Yeah, I'm fine with that. But I, I'm talking about sure, sure. For, the, for the Dwight Clark spot. 
Oh, no, I mean, I, I, no, I, I think it's a good discussion to have. I, it's not crazy. It's not crazy. He won two Super Bowls with him. I think that Singletary was just recently fired as a high school coach. Let me double check. And he hadn't done very well there. <laughs> That's tough. This, this turned south for Mike Singletary. I'll tell lies on the man, but I thought I saw a tweet about that. Um, right. Steps Brian down as high school. Steps, steps down as high school football coach after compiling one in twenty one record. Okay, there you go. That's not great. What's I want winners. What, what What is the source? One in twenty one. Do you think like the guy who fired him was like, like so? Why did you make this decision? I want winners. <laughs> oh my gosh! Here's the headline, or here's like the subhead for the the Mercury News out of San Jose. Former 49ers coach Mike Singletary opts for motivational speaking after his Texas high school team goes one in twenty one. So your team goes high one in twenty one, and your next bet is, you know what? I'm going to be a motivational speaker. <laughs> yeah, a tough transition. All right. Oh, and he was coaching the AAF too. Remember? Oh, okay. He's coaching the Memphis. So I don't know if he's a head coach at this high school or helping out or what, but they didn't do very well. No, they didn't. Uh, Mike Singletary probably needs a break from coaching, and we need a break right now. But afterwards, we'll tell you why Breach thinks the Detroit Lions, my bastard are the most interesting team in the NFC. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Perhaps a lie of a tease, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, John Breach, you found the Detroit Lions Franchise 5. I am here to defend the people of Detroit. You just sit there and bash them for an entire podcast. I just want everyone to know that not everyone feels the same way that you do. No, here's the thing. I do think that the Lions, I thought they had the most fascinating list because, look, we just talked about the 49ers. That one's easy to name. You know, it's it's Joe well, Montana. But like, the, but, like, the 49ers are interesting because you're battling between Rice or, like, Montana and Young and Walsh and Seaford. The Lions... It's like Matt Patricia or, or you know. Jim Caldwell. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean, Matt Patricia? <laughs> it's a joke. I'm saying you're not. You're not. It's you're, you're not dealing with like like multiple Hall of Fame quarterbacks, right? And when you have your, you know, one of the players on the list, you have your coach is from the '50s. Uh, you have a player who got drafted in the '50s, um, and I'm not sure who did. So our, our, my list that I'm doing for HQ and the list that was done for the online site are the same with one difference, uh, at quarterback. So the quarterback is Matthew Stafford. I have Bobby Wayne as the quarterback. And then we have the same Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, Joe Schmidt, and then the coach is Buddy Parker. So here's what I found fascinating about the Lions. And this is pretty much the entire organization in a nutshell is that three of the five people on this list quit the team, just like said, <laughs> screw it, I'm done. I don't want to play for the Detroit Lions. Obviously, we have Barry Sanders saying, 
you know what? I'm not, I'm not saving this franchise anymore. I'm done. I'm going into retirement. Calvin Johnson saying, I am too beat up to be playing for the Lions. They are not giving anything back to me. Buddy Parker, the coach. So when I put this list together, you do a little bit of research, even though you guys are probably have never heard me use that word before. I actually do research. You have Buddy Parker. He wins two world championships in the 1950s, two NFL championships. 1957 season, just before it starts, he walks in, tells the team he's quitting, walks out. Just just quit on him and just said, I'm done. So that is your best Lions coach to go with uh, perfectly with Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson. And we have to mention that the Lions, in the case of Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson, I think went after both of their signing bonuses and asked for like a million dollars back. Yeah, and, and even the quarterback. You know, we had the Matthew Stafford rumors swirling that he wants to get traded out of Detroit. And, uh, you know, we heard the Tom Brady rumors last year when he was selling his house, and everybody's like, well, that's a red flag. He wants out. And that Matthew Stafford's selling his house. And I know they've said it's not because they want out, but if you're selling your house that you put, you know, millions of dollars to give it a glass floor in your living room and this giant pool, probably because you're not going to be around much longer. And then uh Bobby Lane – the guy on my list, the quarterback, got traded after he won two championships with Detroit and uh, just got dumped by the team. So really, Joe Schmidt this is the only ha- guy with a happy ending on this list. Ooh. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, I have a question, and um, I'm very angry about this, and the more I think about it. Uh-huh. Why was Dick LeBeau cornerback not on this list? 62 career interceptions, Hall of Famer, played from 59 to 72, not even a mention. I don't want to speak for Breach here, but I would suggest that it's so Breach could brag about researching Buddy Parker when all he really did was read Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, Brinson, first of all, Dick LeBeau wasn't a coach, so he wouldn't have taken Buddy Parker's spot. Boom! Play the music. Dunked on. I did just dunk on myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my question, Dick LeBeau is on the honorable mention list that we have no to put can together. See, because you're writing it right now. No, we we have a snub. I sort of, by the way, I sort of just given up on the construct of like one coach, one quarterback, and like three players. After Ryan acknowledged it, after I put Tom Brady on the box and Ryan acknowledged it, he went with two quarterbacks. I went with two quarterbacks as per the rules that we originally got. You went with Tom Brady for reasons that still remain unexplained. I would just ask you, ask you this, Ryan: Who would you put Dick LeBeau in over? I just wanted to highlight Dick LeBeau having sixty-two interceptions. Back in the 50s and 60s. I don't think I have any issue with your list. Uh, you can go over... Megatron? Get out of here. <laughs> Are you serious? Dick LeBeau. I, I mean, I feel him. like that's the only option. It's either... He's not a quarterback, so it's either... And you're not taking Barry Sanders off the list. And Joe Schmidt made the NFL's uh, top 100 team, so he's not being taken off the list. I mean, you could take Joe Schmidt off, I guess. But Yeah, but I mean, he... Maybe... Schmidt off the list? He's on the NFL's I mean, he... all-time 100th anniversary team. I mean, I don't... It's not like approximate value is the end all be all set, but as just a reference point, Dick LeBeau is sixth all time with 107. Really? And, and Schmidt is 37th with 58. Of course, Sean would have researched and, and known that for the first seven years of Joe Schmidt's career with the Detroit Lions, Uh-oh. they don't register his approximate over, value. I'm, I'm I did not read the that. Wikipedia. He should really. There it is. What a big jam! Wallace took it in his hands and said, "Up, up and away." 
can tell when he's going to hit on that because his, his face. My favorite up. thing is he admitted he got dunked on like two minutes ago. Didn't play the music. I didn't have it ready. We didn't have it ready. Uh, okay. He, his face lights up. He starts looking down to find the button. He keeps talking. <laughs> and then he hits the I need a better poker face. And he'd be like, like almost start being like, like being very calm. Uh, no, like if you go to, uh, from 1953 to 1959, there is no approximate value. So like, in fact, Schmidt from Schmidt and Schmidt in, um, you know, he, he was 31 through 33 and like he didn't have his last three years were not fantastic, but I mean, like he, he registered a total of, uh, Let's see, what is it? 12 plus 14 plus 15 would be 29, 41, <laughs> approximate value, 41 in three years. And those it's weren't also, even like, those weren't even like his best three years. It's also it's, hard to do this with, for going back and like these old players because they don't even track like tackle stats. Well, and, and that's why I trust the old people that watched it and put together the NFL's top 100 list, Sean. The ones that say Joe Schmidt is one of the 100 I best wasn't, players I in NFL I never history. was advocating for him to be taken off the uh, list. Breach, it sounds uh, like you want to dip well in the list. So, Breach, you, you did the Lions? I did, did it for HQ. I did not do it for the website. So who did you reach out to talk to about the Lions? I did it for HQ. The, the writer who was writing the story reaches out to talk to someone. Who wrote the Lions for the uh, website? Uh, oh, uh, Josh Edwards, our friend of the program, Josh Edwards. Um, okay, Sean. And, and Josh Edwards reached out to, I think, Dave Burkett. Um, yes. By the way, it is, it's amazing that Dick LeBeau had 62 interceptions in a time where they didn't throw the football either. I just want to point that out. Sure. Was, uh, was Joe Schmidt a, I mean, he was just a, like, did he play like inside? I mean, like, I, I, will, I will confess to not knowing a whole lot about Joe Schmidt's career. Uh, well, they won two world titles with him, eight time all pro, 10 straight Pro Bowls, and going to the Pro Bowl meant something. Yeah. What position? I guess what I'm saying is like, I mean, like, I, I, what I wonder is like, would he have had many sacks? Because sacks weren't counted then. Yeah, they didn't count sacks till the '80s, I believe. Right, Lawrence Taylor basically. Yeah, they invented the sack for Lawrence Taylor. So I, I guess what I'm wondering is like, is it possible that Joe Schmidt for his time was even better than we realized? Yeah, he could have had a ton of at least tackles for loss if they were just running the ball. Yeah. At time. Like they don't like they didn't count forced fumbles, but he had eight fumble recoveries in 1955 to lead the NFL. <laughs> A lot of times you watch those old clips and like guys get tackled and they just stand back up and keep running. Like no one's down. Like you don't have any. Idea. <laughs> but I mean, like one would presume that if he had eight fumble recoveries that he was like involved in causing at least one or two of those fumbles, right? He's not just like a vulture scooping up fumbles and like he's had like a 17 return yards on those eight fumbles. It sounds like he's meat hooking some dude, knocking the ball out and then taking it away from him. Uh, right, seventeen. Other thing, you close line people and do all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, for for the record, I mean, uh, up until nineteen sixty one, only played twelve games a year. So, you know, right. that that hurts your statistical production, as one might imagine. Sean, your most interesting team is the Atlanta Falcons. Well, you're and... really some terrible teams here. Yeah, well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um. And the reason I'm picking is because I think there are a couple of very notable snubs that you can make an argument in the other direction. So for the Falcons, is it Patrick Walker who put it together? I believe has Dan Reeves, Deion Sanders, Michael Vick, Roddy White, and Jesse Tuggle. Now, I think there are three swaps that you could argue uh, to make, and the first one would be that, – That's 60% of the list. Mm. Sure. Um 
I'm not good at math, so I'll let Breach handle that. Uh, the first is that quarterback. I would rather have Matt Ryan over Michael Vick, and I don't think it's that close, to be honest. If you, uh, Matt Ryan won 109 games as a Falcon starting quarterback, that number will obviously increase. Michael Vick won 38 games. Uh, we don't worry about the future, Sean. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> earlier in the show, I'm you fine. told me that Tom Brady's production. Yes, Matt Ryan good. has played for the Falcons over several seasons. Yeah, but Sean, next year. Oh, that's the best. Oh boy! Next year, Sean. To your point, both Michael Vick and Matt Ryan will be a year old. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, Matt Ryan has won an MVP for the Falcons. Michael Vick did not. Uh, Matt Ryan made first team All Pro, obviously in that. MVP year, Michael Vick never had a first-team All-Pro appearance. Michael Vick went to the playoffs twice. Matt Ryan went six times, which is as many years as Michael Vick played for the Falcons. Uh, Matt Ryan has gone to the playoffs. Obviously, he went to a Super Bowl. Vick did Michael, not go to Super Michael Bowl. Michael Vick never had 3,000 passing yards. And look at this. So if you combine passing yards and rushing yards, since that's fair to Vick, Matt Ryan has nearly 53,000 yards. Michael Vick has 15,000 yards. If you do touchdowns, passing, and rushing – 330 touchdowns against 92. In his best season in 2016, Ryan won MVP, took the Falcons to the Super Bowl. In Michael Vick's best season, when he set the record with over 1,000 rushing yards, the Falcons went 7-9. and nine. I, I, So I don't understand how this is even an argument in favor of Michael Vick. We, could, you, also, we could also point out, too, that Michael Vick uh, went to federal prison for running a dogfighting ring and completely submarine the franchise for multiple years, forcing them to actually draft Matt Ryan, who was able to slide in and effectively stabilize things after Bobby Petrino quit on the team. I think you could argue or have an argument about who sabotaged that team more, Michael Vick or Bobby Petrino. I don't think – well, I, I mean – so If we did like a franchise bottom five, or is that what you guys are saying? Petrino would be the – Well, but see, I would actually – I would just at least suggest that Petrino – and we saw what we did with um, – with uh, Lamar Jackson, which is, you know, did he have Lamar Jackson? He did, right? Am I crazy? It was Petrino. Where did he have the old motorcycle accident? Who was he? Coming oh, he, did, no, it was, he was at Louisville when he had yeah, it. No, yeah, because... he had, yeah, he had he had Lamar Jackson at, at Louisville. Like, I think Petrino could have done some good stuff with Vic, but Vic got arrested before uh, before the 2007 season. And quit I mean, the middle of the season. Yeah, I mean, Jim Moore got fired in 2006, and then Petrino took over and, and went three and ten and quit. Because he had no Vic. He was trying to like Chris Chandler or somebody. Joey Harrington and Chris Redman and Byron Leftwich. Oh, baby. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I have no, I, I, I do, uh, in to play devil's avocado for Patrick here. Um, I do think that you can make the case that, like, as far as if, and I, I, to me, this matters, like the cultural and overall impact of Michael Vick is greater than Matt Ryan. Well, if, if the question is like who is more famous and who is going to be remembered more by not Falcons fans, but across the entire NFL, it's Michael Vick because like anyone who played video games around that age, like Michael Vick was the most desired player that you could pick in the game. And I mean, Michael Vick from 2001 to 2006 was like, I mean, it was called like you were, I don't know if you're too young for this, Sean. I mean, probably not, right? Might be. I don't know what you're going to say. Like they did the commercial, the Michael Vick experience. And it was oh, like, no, I don't remember that. Oh my God. I mean, it's like, the, it's like, it's like you're in a roller coaster and you're trying to like ride with Vic. And it, I mean, like Vic was a, a phenomenon for those stretches in, in Atlanta. But like, then that's why Jim Moore got fired because they could never unlock maximum Michael Vick. And he really didn't even play his best football until Andy Reid got all of it. But I would also say with the Falcons that he was 
he was inefficient. Like he was fun to watch. He was the most exciting player, but he wasn't Lamar Jackson. He was completing like 55% of his passes. He was throwing as many interceptions as touchdowns. He just, he, 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 it was under 54 for his career with the Falcons. Yeah. So he just wasn't efficient as a throw. Like Lamar Jackson is the total package. Michael Vick just wasn't a great thrower. And, and yes, he was like, he was the most exciting player to watch because you wanted to know what was going to happen. But one of those things that might happen uh, is an interception because he was throwing those all the time. Did you have any – well, if you were able to do the Ryan Wilson rule and put as many quarterbacks as you want on your list, would you have Ryan and Vic? No, I would just have Matt Ryan. All right. Okay, so uh, a few more players for the Falcons. Um, Deion Sanders, duh. Yeah, that Deion Sanders is the easy slam dunk that you can't argue with. But I even think with Roddy White, I would rather have Julio Jones personally over Roddy. Um, and Roddy played for 11 season Atlanta. Julio's entering his 10th. So Roddy has a little bit of a volume advantage, but the only like Julio Jones I, I, already I has more it's, yards. It's not that, close. If you're you talking about Julio, like, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think, I think what I, I mean, like if Patrick's rolling with Vic and Roddy, like I think he's, I mean, again, like I think he's speaking to like sort of how the franchise is perceived. Like, I think Roddy White is very emblematic of of the Atlanta Falcons from their heyday, but I would absolutely take a look. Or I would say this list uh, consists of no active players, and I know that because uh, ah. we didn't have any qualifiers and maybe having an active player was something people felt didn't make much sense because their career's not over. Uh, but then that would make, you know, because like that would be leaving Tom Brady off the Patriots and you can't do that. But I could see... For some franchises, if there is, if there's close between two players trying to make a final call, you know, take the guy who is not active. I almost think you could put Julio Jones and Roddy White and take out Jesse Tuggle. You hate Jesse Tuggle, man. I it's hard for me. Like Julio is going to be a Hall of Famer. Do we all agree with that statement? Uh, yeah, Julio. Yeah, Julio is absolutely a Hall of Famer. Okay. And Roddy Way is a very was a very good player who's not going to make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Roddy White has no chance of making the Hall. Of Fame. Yes, but he was a very good player, and Great. Um, I'm actually from, going from to from 07. Also, a fun guy, funny guy. Roddy White did our CBS Sports Telethon. By the way, the Atlanta Journal Constitution this offseason actually ran a poll for Mount Rushmore that I was just looking at, and Julio Jones actually got the highest percentage of votes at 80. percent Matt Ryan in second place at 68. percent um, Roddy White was at 18%, and uh, Jesse Tuggle was not eligible. I mean, Roddy White and Julio Jones played a bunch of years together. Five, I think. Yeah, and like, and Roddy White was 30 when they drafted Julio, and Julio phased him out pretty quickly. Like, Roddy White became, yeah. And so, in the third one, I was going to ask you guys, that I was curious what you thought about Coach, if you think Dan Reeves is right. Is the right pick because if you look at just what Dan Reeves did in Atlanta, I mean, he was 49 and 59 and one. And you have someone like, I know Mike Smith is not like a sexy choice, but he was 20 <laughs> games over 500. Yeah. Dan Reeves took him to a Super Bowl. And they may have won it if Eugene Robinson stayed at home the night before the Super Bowl. Yeah. What do you do, Ryan? Uh, he went out and solicited a police officer to do things to him that aren't legal. <laughs> did he get a hooker? Uh, no, it was a police officer. <laughs> he was, right, he was, was a hooker. He was trying. Hooker. trying to get a hooker reference in the back to back podcast. I believe we use the word hooker in the podcast of Adam Beasley. You'll have to listen to find out why. 
You know um, what, though? I, I just feel like I'm not sure it would be Reeves. And I know that you said Mike Smith is not the sexy. Are you about answer. to drop a Norm Van Brocklin on him? I am not going to drop. A, I'm just, I was going to defend Mike Smith. I was going to say, look, this is a team that I don't think had ever made the postseason in consecutive years in franchise history uh, until Mike Smith was hired. And then he did it. He got them there three years in a row. Um, you know, he had an NFC title game appearance that I'm sure Falcons fans remember very well and probably be the worst loss in Falcons history. If Super Bowl against the Patriots hadn't happened because in that <laughs> NFC title game, they blew a 17 to nothing lead against the 49ers in Atlanta. Um, Oh, you know, right. and if they had won that game, they would have played the Ravens in the Super Bowl. So Listen that, to that, that was just that was the first total disaster that Falcons had before that twenty-eight to three debacle. Well, they there was a playoff game early in Matt Ryan's career where they scored like two or three points against the Giants. That was, I think, they were the number one seed that year. Or they they, were, they blew it to the Packers as the number one seed. They got absolutely blown out in their building. What was the Giant? What was the Giants score? They lost forty-eight to twenty-one to the Packers as the number one seed, and the Giants score, I think, was. That was in 2011. Yeah, but that Packers uh, that was game was like – That Packers game was Aaron Rodgers turning into, like, the human torch and just going nuclear on them. Well, he mentioned – he's mentioned four games. So you can say, okay, one of the games, fine, Aaron Rodgers went off. But the other games, I mean, they didn't show up. But I will say along those lines, talking about these postseason games, is that where Matt Ryan's reputation – uh you know, he lost his first three career playoff games, and he was getting that – the Peyton Manning label because he couldn't win a playoff game early in his career. The Andy Dalton label, uh, but yeah. So it, it, it's say it, go ahead and say it. Did he get the Lamar Jackson label? Are you gonna say that? I'm not gonna say it yet because at least Matt Ryan did end up rebounding in the 2016, which is remembered for the collapse. Obviously, that's one of the best quarterback individual postseason runs that we've seen probably in the last ten years. Except he didn't win a Super Bowl. Well, I mean, I, I, I'll stand up for Mike Smith in these, in these playoff matchups. So they lost to the Cardinals. No, I think Mike Smith should be the coach. I yeah, think so too. Think, Dan yeah, Reeves yeah, had yeah. one, two winning uh, seasons and I mean, 14 to two is great and a, and a Super Bowl appearance is great, but you got blasted in the Super Bowl. I mean, Dan Smith lost to the Cardinals who went to the Super Bowl and nearly beat the Steelers. Then they lost to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in that crazy game. Then they lost at the Giants against, uh, an Eli Manning team that won the Super Bowl. And, was just, and that, that Packers team won the Super Bowl too, by the way. Yeah, the, yeah that's right. The Packers team. So they lost. That's the problem. They didn't show up offensively. And, 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 an offensive guy, but. and then the next year, they almost got upended when Russell Wilson broke the record for most passing yards by a rookie quarterback in, in playoff history. Matt Bryant and they, saved them. And then they could have been I was the 49ers. at that game. That was the most insane playoff game I've ever attended in per, oh, no, it's not. It's up there. It's top. I was, I was watching that game in Seattle with a bunch of Seahawks fans and they were, the roller coaster that I got to witness was was very fun. Um, uh, this is a more fun exercise. Than yeah, I and, and what you said about Matt Ro- defending the playoff losses is that every time they lost, the team they lost to made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, every time. Yeah, and 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 the two that and the two teams that they lost to that didn't win the Super Bowl lost. Like the Forty ers had a, like a throw to win it. And the Cardinals needed Big Ben to throw would make maybe the greatest Super the throw and super greatest throw and catch in Super Bowl history to San Antonio Holmes for the Cardinals to lose it. And they had the hundred yard James Harrison return. So yeah, I think let's cut Mike Smith some slack, you big jerk. Anybody piling up on him? You <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Don't make me bring Prisco in here to defend Mike Smith. You yeah, Man, look, it, look it's, at- it's crazy he went four and twelve and six and ten to finish his career. In Atlanta, and he's still twenty games over five hundred. Like they were phenomenal in his first five years. They should not have fired him. 
looking at the Falcons' playoff history, the last seven times they've gone to the playoffs, the team they lost to either made it to the Super Bowl or won the Super Bowl. And, and with Smith, too, remember that, like, it's not like Mike Smith took over some, like, blossoming young like franchise that was in great shape. Petrino deserted the midseason, and Vic was in jail, and he took over the team, and they did really well out of the gates. Just yeah, so. they had low expectations going into 2008 because uh, they went 4-12 and in 2007. That's when Petrino ditched them. Mike Smith took over. They had a rookie quarterback in Matt Ryan. Nobody was expecting anything. Uh, and I'm actually looking at a prediction from – 2008 from Sports Illustrated, they had the Falcons going 4-12 and 12, when, in fact, they, Mike Smith led them to an 11-5 wow. and five record. All right, r- trivia question for you guys. Do you know what who has the highest winning percentage in Falcons history? Do you know what their over-under was that season, Preach? Uh, probably like five. Four and a half. Four and a half, yeah. So, I mean. 200 yeah, to one to win the Super Bowl. They came in, that he, Mike Smith went in there and turned around the team instantly. So, what was your question again? Who has the highest winning percentage as the coach of the Atlanta Falcons? It's a weird answer. If it's it was Bobby Petrino, I'd be I'd be upset, but I know it's not. It's not June Jones. Right? I wish oh, it, no. Uh, he's he has a winning percentage under forty. Wait, is it is it the guy who leaves tickets for Elvis every game? What's his name? The run and shoot coach. That's June Jones. No, no, that's not June Jones. Who took over after uh, Petrino got kicked, quit the team? It's not Dan Quinn, is it? No, Dan Quinn's fourth. Jim Mora is above Dan Quinn. Wow. It is Wade Phillips who went oh. two and one. Oh, uh, you're going with interim coach junk? That's crap, Sean. That's <laughs> that's bad trivia. Bad I mean, trivia. Dan Reeves has a, a lower winning percentage than Lehman Bennett. <laughs> Eric Glanville, that's the name I was looking for. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Or twenty two winning percentage. Yeah, he didn't do it. Did um <laughs> did yeah, June is, Jones was June eight. Jones would was June Jones on Jerry Glanville's staff? He followed Jerry Glanville. Yes, uh, he was Jerry Glanville's OC, and he yeah. That's by right. the way, Wade Phillips coached three games. Sean, that was I said. He, I said it's a weird answer, and then I said he, he was an interim coach. He's an interim. He coach. went that's two and one. That's you lose. I'm going to say that Wade Phillips gets a really bad rap as a as a guy who like has been. I think a lot of people like him. No, I mean like people like like he went 13 and three with the Cowboys in his first season. He coached the Bills. The reason the Bills fans were angry with him is because they he benched Doug Flutie. He was playing well for Rob Johnson. In the he went ten and six and eleven and five and eight and eight. And then he got fired by the Bills. Like, what are we doing here? People? Now he got fired oh, by the Cowboys. Happened? He has a winning percentage of fifty six percent, which is like pretty good for the NFL. He won sixty one percent of his games with the Cowboys, and they and and Jerry Jones fired him for Jason Garrett. Yeah, you know, you know why. You deserve everything you get, Jera. And he just got let go by the Rams when he. Made the defense awesome. He, <laughs> he even questions this sometimes. He's like, I don't know why I, I can't get a head coaching job. I've had nothing but success. And I, I mean, it's, it, it it's is a, befuddling. It's a little bit like Mike Smith in the sense that, like, like you know, you would, people would rather hire Sean McVay or Cliff Kingsbury, like handsome young offensive minds, than like this guy who just has a huge track record of success at the NFL level and is a sort of a boring old white defensive coordinator. But he's also in his seventies now, too, right? Yeah, he's seventy-two. That might have something to do with. It. I don't know. Wade Phillips is a boss. He actually turned 73 this month on June 21st. But yeah, I like him. I like him. I'm a Wade Phillips guy. Okay, so if we eliminate Sean's bad trivia of Wade Phillips, you know who the winningest coach is in Falcons history who's coached I, more than three games? Mike, Mike Smith. Yes. Oh. oh, well, what is Lehman up there at the top? What's his winning percentage? Lehman <laughs> Tebow, just, Tebow just sent me a chat. Let's end this.
<laughs> He's gonna. Cut he does it like looking at Pro Football Reference for all these themes and reading off names. So, so, so you guys have now done 15 minutes reading out coaching records of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, any other snubs or anything else that we got to touch on? Mm-mm. Cool. Let's get out of here. Uh, reminder: check out uh, James Slater on the Cowboys and Adam Beasley on the Dolphins, breaking those uh, those teams down into on tomorrow's podcast. Uh, then we'll have. Much more content coming up on these individual teams. J.P. Finley on the Redskins and Ben Bolin on the Patriots uh, coming to your feed soon. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys later.